Blog Talk Radio. We don't need it to play. We don't need it to play. Hi, everybody. Welcome to part two. (laughs) I'm glad it worked because I was getting really nervous. I was like, okay, wait, how am I going to do this? All right, I'm back. Okay, so hold on. We ran out of time, so we had to take a part two. We're still live. And Link. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We've never had to do this before, have we? No, we haven't. Like, I've never had to do this before. And now I have to, like, open the chat room again so that people can get back in it. And, oh, my God. So, I'm, thank you guys so much for being so patient. I really appreciate it. Because we've never had to do this. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm apologizing. We we ran out of time, so we made a part two. We're still live. <laughs> and tweets. All right, cool. So I did enjoy the hook speech um, for a brief moment of time. For that, the duration of that scene, I um, – for the duration of that scene, I was on board Captain Swan. And then that scene mm. ended. That scene ended, and I disembarked. So there we go. Um, it is now. This is now enshrined forever in podcast history. There, there is audio record of you saying this. Well, but here's the thing, though. Right. Because here is my favorite part about that whole speech: is that Hook actually said. Hook actually said. That he and Emma were not, like, predestined to, like, be together or whatever. And they never had a true love kiss in the history of this show. So, I'm going to let that speak for itself. Anyway. (sighs) (laughs) Oh, my indignation at this character. I just can't, I don't even understand it myself, but truly, honestly, I don't care. I just, he's so boring. Like, I loved that part. I really did. In that moment, that was the only time I have ever liked Killian Jones instead of like, because I love Captain Hook. I just think that Killian Jones is super boring. And that was the first time that I ever actually liked Killian Jones. And, and then the I thing liked is, is- I liked him for Go the ahead. duration of the episode, too. Like, after that, I was like, okay, I'm not so totally against this guy because, you know, I'm just not. I see his well, point of view. Here's the thing, though, is that <clears throat> he's um, going to be a major player in the next chapter of Once Upon a Time. So better start get to liking him. Oh, God. No, I will not. Because I don't want to see very much of him. I'd rather see Henry and all the new characters. And Hook can appear sparingly, along with Hook with Regina and Rumpel, if I'm perfectly honest. I would like to get some new characters involved here. Um, I'm really, like, more because I am still, until the end, until they actually say that this show is completely canceled and we're not getting any kind of anything, 
I am going to hold out hope that at some point the Black Cauldron and the Horn King will make an appearance on Once Upon a Time. I it's such stick. an obscure movie, though. I don't know if they're going to do it. I know, but it's based off of some books, and they could really have some fun with it. I just feel like at least like, – I just want one episode. Like, it doesn't even have to be, like, where he's the villain of the show – but maybe in, like, a flashback or something, we see that at some point he showed up and fucked up some shit, and then that was it. Like, it's such, anyways. It's, it's the Black Cauldron's such a bastard child of, like, Disney movies that I, I don't know, but... I know. I mean, you and I, we actually, I have it on VHS somewhere, but, like, I mean, you and I, like, are like, oh, Black Cauldron, and like, but I feel like the general audience be like, what the hell is this? But at the same time... If General Lyons isn't really aware of it, it could totally work to kind of bring, like, a freshness. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, a story about a, 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 gob, a basically skeleton king come back to life who's trying to find a cauldron that will allow him to raise an army of the dead to conquer the world. Like, that is so epic. Like, oh, my God. Was that a Don Bluth? Was that when Don Bluth was working for Disney? I think so, actually, yes. I think that he might have left during or shortly after production on that. I don't really remember, but I know that he was, I believe he was involved. I just asked because, like, whenever you you mentioned the Horned King, I think about what he looked like, and it was very, it reminded me of the Nightmare King in um, Little Nemo's Adventures in Slumberland, which gave me goddamn nightmares as a child. Like, that is not a children's movie. You have seen Little Nemo? Are you shitting me? Oh my god, of course. I almost bought the I big compendium this. of the graphic novel it's based off of. I have the DVD. Like, I love that oh. movie. Like, but, but that movie is, like, it's also kind of terrifying. I love that movie now, but, like, oh, I, when I saw it, I was in, like... Oh my god, I am so in love with that movie. Oh my god, I love Little I saw Nemo. it when I was in... Right, but I saw it when I was in third grade, and, like, it, like, the fact that he was in a dream within a dream within a dream, I used to have night terrors when I was little, so, like, that was, like, it was a little too real for my ass. Oh, my God, I'm so glad to know that, though, because that's just another thing that we can discuss on Queer Versations. Um, Okay, so, um, what else? God, there were so many, there's so much about this episode, like, I love the fact that Emma was, like, painting a swan in the beginning, like, that that was what she was, you know, taking care of there. Um, I love I... that. Oh, in the montage, too, I forgot to say this. In the montage, I, the couple things, too, we didn't even discuss this part. We, I'm sorry I'm just jumping all over the place, but I just thought of it, and I don't want to forget. They showed the montage of all of the realms, but then they showed the montage of everybody in Storybrook before we got to the, the dinner table. And table. that made me happier because when we saw the little the the doormat that said "Welcome to the Charmings," and then it showed them in their little farmhouse that was like with a perfectly little manicured lawn and a barn, and, and they had a dog. They had a dog. And he had and those they had little boy like you know like little rubber boots like next to theirs like oh my god dude like when she got in the, first of all Snow White went to work and David stayed home I loved that and because it's normally the opposite he stayed home and he and then he had the dog which I can't remember who it was but somebody so told me online that they thought that was Lassie and I thought that was really cute so in my head that sheep dog that was totally Lassie but you know like what really what something that I wasn't expecting to feel during that part I really wasn't expecting this. 
is when David was walking away and the dog is following him, like right at like in that couple of seconds, like maybe a second or two, when you see the dog in frame as they're walking. I just thought mm-hmm. to myself, damn, living on a farm like that, that's the life that David, like before snow, before King George, before all of that, that's the life that David would have wanted. He was just, because uh, at heart, David is just a shepherd. He's just a good guy. He's just a shepherd in, at, his, in his, at his core. He has the title of a prince. And he's a hero. But in his heart, he's just a shepherd. And that's the life that he would have wanted to be happy. And then I, and I was like, man, that is just, I was not expecting to feel like that for Charming. Well, like, see, you always wanted, you always wanted them to go back to the Enchanted Forest and live in a castle. So that's very interesting that you say that. I wasn't sure if I wanted that or not, because when I saw them in Storybrooke with their little house, I was like, no, that's actually correct like that's where because because ultimately like the after snow like yeah she was a princess and she is she was spoiled and then she lived in the forest and she changed and she was humbled and then being with david even home you know she was humbled even further i think and so for them the castle is no longer appropriate mm-hmm. for them it's you know, they want a simple life at home with their kids, with their family. Mm-hmm. And then they got that. And I was like, oh, that is so sweet. And then, you know, they showed, and it may not be, I may not have it in the right order. Because I just remember that that was the first thing that they showed because I was like, oh, my God. But then they showed, like, when Regina was going in, oh, they showed Emma and Henry and Regina when they were dropping him off at school. And they kissed him, and he just walked away, and the music was just everything. Like, the fucking music, dude, during this montage, every single time, like, every little melody that changed during every part of the montage was so, like, this show, like, I fully will, I will 1,000% until the end always say that Mark Isham's score is as in, as intrinsically joined, like, conjoined with this show as John Williams' score is with Star Wars. Like... There is not oh, once upon a time you, without, like, without Mark Isham's music. Yeah, there you need to him. have him. He needs, yes, yeah, I agree. Like, as one, like he, his music, it wouldn't be anything without that music at all. So I, it was just, it's, it was just brilliant. But then they showed, like, when they were dropping him off, I was like, oh, my God. Like, they're just, like, their happy, be, their happy ending, happy beginning is just living together. Like Snow had mm-hmm. said. And then after that, then they show Regina, like, going into her office. Or did they, wait, did they show, they either showed Regina going to her office or they showed Emma and Hook in the car after that, I right? can't remember what, I, I think, I think Regina was next. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, when she went to the office, like, she went to the office and and it said Regina Mills, queen, and I was like, oh, man. Well, and Adam and Addie said that, the, like, that they were bowing to her as not the evil queen, but the queen. Well, yeah, and like, I was going to say, the dwarves, like, you know, there's always such animosity between her and the dwarves, and the fact that, like, Especially everything is reconciled now. 
yeah, everything's yeah. reconciled now. That's perfect. And then, like, and her, the look on her face. And then when when Emma, like, when she put the badge on Hook, I was like, okay. And then he put the light on top of the car, and I was like, that is exactly what should have been happening. <laughs> like, that's, like, she doesn't, she shouldn't be in the sheriff's car. She needs to be in the bug. Like, well, then, and then the it went into that wide shot, it, it, or not that wide yeah. shot, it, like, went up into the crane, and you yeah, saw all of uh, Moncton Street. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is just so good. Like, this is, oh, my God. And then, like, the evil queen got the proposal on the arrow from Robin, which we discussed before the podcast. She could have maybe shown Sean McGuire, had him get in front of a blue screen for just one day when he was filming his other episodes and kind of had that ready in advance. That, to me, like, you could have at least shown him with that. Like, I, I appreciate the voiceover, and I really, like, I love the fact that he's, you know, he was, wanted you know ready for the next adventure what i would have loved is for him to shoot the arrow with the ring because that's very perfect of him and then for her to read that and then go to a balcony and see him just like standing down on the balcony holding his bow and like smirking like yeah just that little extra bit i think would have made it even more sweet yeah like So, and then it was Granny's and the music and Rumpel and Belle walking in and they're being greeted warmly and they're sitting down and, oh my God, it was so good. Um, let me see, what else did I love? Um, what else did I love? I loved everything about this episode, like, like really, truly, honestly. I wasn't really disappointed by anything. Like, the, the small thing, I mean, it's not a small thing, but... The thing of not having Robin show up, that was kind of like a thing where I was like, no, we, maybe we could have done something a little bit more there. That would have been cool. But, like, on the whole, but on the whole, oh, it was oh, good. It was just, and, and that's, like, how I felt with the, with the montage of the realms is that on the whole I loved it, but just maybe one extra detail would have made it 110% perfect for me. Um, I have to say, I really... Oh, wait, 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 pump the brakes. We didn't talk about the Rumbell part of the montage. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we we kind of did, but not really, but I, I it was, the fact no, that it was just... No, they were just... dancing to the tail all this time, dude, oh my god. Well, that was the thing, and it's so funny, because like I said, I watched with the closed caption on, which stuck for the show for Hulu for some reason. I don't know why. They're, they're do better with the, the, the closed captions on this. But it it said on there it's like Beauty and the Beast theme plays and I was like, yeah. but I um what I love about that scene though is that it was it it wasn't so outright stated the reconciliation and all that it was just it was it, it wasn't really implied it just was there but it it like. They didn't need more to be shown because everything we saw, like, told us all we needed to know. That simple dance really did. And I and I was like, all right, I yes, I can. And, and you know, my, my feelings about Rumpel and, and Belle reconciling, but I um, I felt like this felt right. I also really like the fact that Rumpel had to confront himself when he was going to get Gideon's heart. Like, I thought that was a really good 
I thought that was a, a really good way to kind of give himself a final battle and that he still did the right yeah. thing. And he, and he wasn't in to him, the doing the right thing. Didn't, it, it didn't appear to work. Actually, it didn't work, but he still tried. And I think that to me was like the biggest turning point with Rumpel was that he finally was doing the right thing for the right reasons, as opposed to doing the wrong thing for the right reasons. Um, there's one more thing about that, and now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember Fiona's temptation to him when she was like, I could bring Balefire back. You know, I could break the laws, because again, the laws of magic came up, and one of those, the big one in Wonderland was, you know, bringing the dead back, and they're basically the genie rules from Aladdin, but her just, like, tempting him, like, I could bring your first son back, and this, that, and the other, and, and him deciding, you know, things happened how they happened, and he could want, it could be, he's wanting the wrong thing for the right reason there, and he didn't give in to that, whereas Rumpel maybe a season ago, ago would have been more inclined, or many seasons ago, like Rumple up into that point, up until that point, excuse me, would have, I felt, taken her, either taken her up on the offer or been more tempted to, but he was very, very, stood his, very, I don't say very much stood his ground because that, that really lessens what he did in a way. Like, I don't have the right words to describe him it's like he kind of like re-shouldered his own burden in that moment. Mm. Um, let's see. What else? What else? Um, I love the fact that all the realms were getting destroyed. Um, well, no, this is a very interesting. That, that shot where they were on the balcony of the of the castle and they were looking out and it like kind of and it moved and then showed that it was all just being destroyed. I was like, holy shit! Like it really is all or nothing. Like it's all being destroyed. Well, one subtle thing I liked is when Zelina popped up and then she went to show them in the hat. And she opened up the door to Oz, and there was nothing. nothing. And just her her reaction to it, like, she's like, well, it was apocalyptic, but, I mean, like, it was there. But, like, if you watch how she falters, it's it really, like, wow. Like, why want you? Come on, man. Bring Rebecca Major back. Well, frankly, she has more little... screen time as a guest star than a regular star, so I would rather her be a guest star if that means she gets more to do. Um. True, I guess. And True. I would, I would, I would totally watch a Once Upon a Time in Oz spinoff as well. I honestly uh, thought that's where they were going to go with all this, to be perfectly honest, because they, you know, we we revisited Oz and and all that and the other. I yeah. totally thought, by the way, the, when they were like, when they were like, oh yeah, Oz, you know, is gone. I was like, but what about Ruby and Dorothy? And like that, like went through my head. Hopefully they show yeah. up for the the next chapter. Yeah, I was like uh, everybody could, anybody could. That's the whole thing. Like I really want the new characters, but 
You know what? I think I was making a point earlier, like way long ago, and I never actually got to it. So I'm going to come back around since I just remembered. So the mon- because we're talking about the montage, and the montage at the end is basically like Return of the Jedi. So the reboot is just like Star Wars The Force Awakens because if Henry and Lucy are trying to get people to believe in Snow White again, then it's basically the same thing as like The Force Awakens and trying to get people to believe in Skywalker again. Because by the time of the galaxy and The Force Awakens, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, and the like are all legends. and Nobody really knows if that really happened or not because... They just don't know. And for them in the Enchanted Forest, the same thing could be true. Because they left the Enchanted Forest, there's a castle just sitting there, but it's not like they have photo albums and a bunch of records sitting around or anything. Like, everybody is in Storybrooke. So all of those things are vacant. All of that land is empty. Except for maybe the pe- like some people who are we know are still living there, I think. But actually, if you think about it, this time, everybody in the Enchanted Forest would have had to go back to Storybrooke because there was no magic bubble to shield them from it. What do you mean? I'm so interested in this. What do you mean? I don't know if I understand. Remember remember when the first curse was cast, the only reason why Mulan and everybody else stayed behind was because Korra put the magic bubble up and it spared them. Oh yes, yeah. But then when, but then in season three, when Regina undid the curse, and then like, didn't that make everybody leave, or did they all go back, or am I crazy? I'm, you know, I'm not sure because I'm not sure, but I'm wondering because when everything got like kind of rebuilt. P.S. By the way, quick little thing. I thought that even though the world was ending, I thought it was very sweet that Snow White took a moment to reach out for Regina. Yes. But um, I don't know, because it all depends on who, who stayed and who, who went. I'm so excited by this. I really am. I love this. Um, Do you think we're going to so, see grown-up versions of all the babies? At least and teenage Roland? versions of the babies. Yeah. Um, I, I think that would be interesting, like seeing, obviously, teenage versions of the babies. And then kind of like next generation of, you know, these, you know, legacy characters, but also like seeing it, obviously an older Roland as well, because I feel like he's kind of been forgotten. And I, I'd like to see his whole thing of like being, you know, brought, you know, maybe he doesn't know 100% what happened to his dad or his mom. And maybe he has kind of a chip on his shoulder because of that. That could make for an interesting character. I'm so excited by this. I keep thinking I about that shot of Henry going into Snow's cave in the beginning, and I'm just, oh my god. I do like this. The the my favorite shot, I think, was when Henry was marching down the main street of Storybrooke with the sword and being like, "All right." Okay, I'm gonna do this thing. Like I love that. I um, I'm still. I have to admit, I still am kind of have very reserved feelings about this new chapter of Once Upon a Time. I'm not completely writing it off, honestly. I just I need, like, I need a trailer. I need a, I need a trailer to happen so I can like, 
kind of gauge the tone and the, the direction of what's happening before I could like a hundred percent make my, you know, like make my, my assessment of that. Mm. Sure. I'm sure I'm that really, they do something for D23. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm so excited for all of this. I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. What? <laughs> okay. Um, uh. A federal subpoena has been issued in the investigation of Paul Manafort. <laughs> Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Hades is gonna be real happy down there in their underworld because the way these Republicans are digging them graves, man, they about, about to be down there quick. <laughs> All right. I don't know what else to talk about because really I could just talk about the end of the show for like the next 20 years. So it was just just, uh, this. uh, I feel like my reaction would have been different if we, uh, towards a lot of things, if I had not paid attention, if I, like my ma watches the show, but she literally like will watch the show on Sunday and then she'll be like, okay, you know, Whenever the show's back on, I'm going to watch it. She doesn't read the article. She doesn't see the tweets. She doesn't do the Instagram. She doesn't do any of that. So I kind of wonder in a way how what my reaction would be to hearing, like, or to, to anything, to the ending, but also to the new beginning. Had I Had we not, you know, been pondering the end of the season for, God, a year now, but also, like, hearing about the departures of the cast before seeing the final, like, the, the final scenes, like, would I have felt more at peace had I been ignorant to the fact that they, some folks weren't returning? I just think that's an interesting thing to think about because I feel like, in a way, like, a lot of us who are very deep in, like, fandom or entertainment or whatever, we are burdened almost with seeing things from the production side and getting news teased out over the course of weeks or months. So we've already kind of made a, uh, we've already kind of like have preconceptions before we actually see something. Or we we've, we've formed our own, I don't want to say opinions, but we've already performed our own expectations before we see something as well. So when things don't kind of, you know, don't go that way, we may not like that. But if we had not had the information to form those expectations, would we have cared otherwise? It's very kind of interesting to think about in a way. I feel like if I had, if, if I had, not known many different things, and then you told me, okay, but the show's coming back, and it's going to be, you know, that guy you saw at the end, you know, older Henry. I would have been like, I think I would have been more like, oh, okay, rather than hearing rumors that they may not, and these are rumors, 
not going to be filming in Steveson anymore or knowing who had departed or who hadn't or, you know, hearing everyone's hot takes on things. It's interesting to think about. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Do we know okay. when the show's coming back? Have they announced that? No. We don't know yet. I, I would uh, think that it would come back. It's normal October, right? September, October, I would think, yeah. It is still going to have a 22-episode season. We don't know anything about um, a split because Channing Dungy is not a fan of a split season. It, well, she had said that before last year, but then they split the season anyway. I don't know if they're going to be following through with that kind of storytelling. Like, we really don't know, again. The thing about the split season is it benefited the show because it helped avoid award season. Because in season two, when they didn't split the season, you would literally be like, you'd have three episodes in a row, then a week off, then an episode, then two weeks off, then two episodes, and then another week off. And it became... I think that's what made season two really hard to consume for a lot of people is because it, it chopped up the story so much and they were still unpacking a lot of things. It, you would kind of kind of forget the thread of, of the plot and what was going on because you're like, wait, I, last time I watched this was three weeks ago. What was happening again? Yeah, so I actually am a fan. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Well, no, go ahead. Well, I was, I was going to say I actually am a fan of split seasons. But I know I'm in the minority here. But with the show moving to a Friday, they would not exactly. run into that award show problem. So they could exactly. have a shorter winter hiatus, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was just actually going to say, is that the show's moving to Friday, so we may not have to deal with the award show um, scheduling difficulties that we've had in the past. So that would be nice. Because that was really, um, I mean, that was really the only reason they really split it. It was, it was just lo- more, it was logistical, really. And, it, you know, to help prevent, you know, folks falling off the wagon. Um, so we've had a question in the podcast chat room. Mm-hmm. Will, there, will there be a podcast next season? I don't hmm. see why not. I don't see why not. I know that I'm voicing a lot of negative opinions with this season coming up. I'm not saying I'm not going to watch it. I have to, I'm not sold yet. I can't obviously make an opinion until I've seen it. And obviously I want to talk about it if I have seen it. And the best place for me to talk about it is on here with Zach. So I don't see why we wouldn't have a podcast. Do you? No. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're still we're the Once Upon a Fan podcast is definitely going to continue. We are, um, well, well, mm-hmm. shouldn't have said that. I'm having a haggard moment. Shouldn't have said that. No, I've said that. No, I've said that. So, um, 
we, me and Ashley, the two of us, we are going to continue having a podcast next year. And we are still going to discuss Once Upon a Time. We will likely discuss Once Upon a Time in, all by itself the way that we do now. So that's what I'm telling you. I think that, yeah, that that is the best. That's the best way, way that I can say it right now. You will not be deprived of the melodious sound of our voices. <laughs> well, yeah, you definitely won't, you know, be left out of the accents either. We're not done with you, we burn yet, so you know. Oh um, no, we're not done with you. Yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, um, I think. I don't really know what else to say because I am in a weird period where I'm in mourning because of the fact that the show as it is is ending, but I love the way that it ended and I'm really excited about what's coming and there's a major possibility that everybody can always come back again. So it doesn't feel like an ending. It feels like a beginning. So I'm really excited. I'm so fucking excited about where this show is going next season. Oh, my God. I'm so into it. Oh, my God. Anyways, I don't know if there's anything more that we can really say because we've discussed a lot of things on the show. We've discussed our per- you know, the personal impact that it's had on us and things of that nature. I don't really have a whole lot left to say. Right? Me neither. I mean, I think it might be time to say, you know, Goodbye for the hiatus. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Sad to say, this is going to do it for the Once Upon a Fan podcast for this season. For this season. Um, yeah, the Once Upon a Fan podcast for this season. Um. We will definitely keep you guys up to date on when we start queer conversations because that is something that we are still working on. Um, and of course, we are going to be working, depending on what we find out about San Diego Comic Con panels and such. You know that you can always count on us for the news, wherever it may be that you find us telling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we really, appre- I really appreciate. Everybody taking the time to listen to this podcast and join in with me every week. Um, cause, that was again, the thing we I wanted to talk it. about. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk about it. That was the thing we wanted to talk about, remember? All what, the graphs what? that you showed me the other day. Oh, the graph. So, yeah, before we go, I do have one more thing to talk about. Earlier, if you recall, um, I had mentioned that we had listeners – who listen to us worldwide. What me and Ashley found out the other day is we got some stats as far as where people are listening from. (laughs) I really can't believe this list. We have people listening to us in the United States, Canada, Mexico, 
the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Panama, Colombia, Brazil, Peru, Chile, Argentina, Uruguay, South Africa, Portugal, Spain, France, the United Kingdom, Ireland, Belgium, the Netherlands, this is crazy to me, Germany, Switzerland, Italy, Austria, Slovenia, Slovakia, Poland, Russia, Lithuania, Latvia, Sweden, Norway, the Ukraine, Moldova, Kazakhstan, China, India, the United Arab Emirates, Vietnam, Thailand, the Philippines, Japan, Australia, and New Zealand. That blows my mind, and I am so grateful of everybody who, from everywhere who listened. It's like, like our own little version of Eurovision Plus. And I'm, side note, I'm super pissed. I was so beat this weekend. I fell asleep and didn't get to see Eurovision. But apparently there was a mooner from Australia. So you go, Australia. Somebody got their cheeks out on Eurovision. Anyway, I digress. But, but really, thank you. That is an incredible list. I just, like, because, you know, like, you were, we're basically sitting here on the phone. I never think, like, he's actually listening to us. So to hear all that is like, oh, God, wow. I hope American slang doesn't throw anybody off. But, like, I, I just, I can't, like, when Zach showed me that the other day, I was like, no, shit. Like, you're making this up. I, I thank I can't say thank you enough because it's just really nice to know that somebody's listening, you know. That a lot of somebody's are listening, that a lot of somebody's from everywhere are listening. Yeah. So um thank you all very much for your support. I certainly hope that you Enjoy our discussions and um, hopefully you guys reach out to us. Reach out to us, yeah. And hopefully, you know, you guys can always, we will make an announcement that you guys know, obviously, like when the show is coming back, what's going on with Comic Con, you know, when, when a podcast will be coming back in which me and Ashley will be discussing the show. Um, all things of that nature, for sure. Um, we will let you guys know. Started this whole. Oh yeah, I said this on the 100th podcast, so I don't know that I need to say it again because that was just three weeks ago. But I started this thing just because I wanted to talk about once all the time, and it wasn't enough to have it written down. And it's grown into something that people listen to all over the world. So that's crazy. Thank you all so much for that. That's gonna do it. That's going to do it. This chapter is closing, and we're going to start something fun and new pretty soon, and we'll let you guys know. Okay, I can't keep it up anymore because I'm going to just get all stupid emotional. So thank you guys very much for listening to us, and remember that we can always go back to Storybrooke anytime. So, That's right. There we go.
So there we go. Just like Hogwarts, we can always go back. We can always go back to Storybook 2. So love you guys. Thank you. We'll talk later. Bye.